two men fought for the sake of a single woman. Though indeed foolish, it was a tale as old as time. Dies Irei, interview with Kiziklu Bay. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lieses. Happy Valentine's Day. We hope your day tomorrow is great, no matter your relationship status. We wanted to take this episode right before Valentine's Day to talk about love. We're talking about the trope love triangles, which I have a love-hate relationship with. I'm going to admit something out loud to you guys that I just probably wouldn't admit to anyone but my best friend. I have a guilty pleasure when it comes to rom-coms and especially the love triangle. I hate them so much because they're so predictable. I know exactly how that Hallmark Christmas movie is going to end, but I still watch them. But love triangles, as it said in our quote at the beginning, which actually came from a video game, the tale of a love triangle is as old as time. You'll see it in a ton of Greek mythologies, Roman mythologies. Anything involving Zeus. Anything involving Zeus. (laughs) So it's not new. But it is very, very common in today's romance and YA genres. And in really every kind of genre, you'll see some form of a love triangle. Yeah, if there's romance involved, then love triangle is a way to keep the tension and to mount that struggle and make the romance worth it in the end. It's not just sort of a side plot. It's part of what compels the characters forward. That being said, why romance? Romance love triangles can be a very, very good subplot because it does add a little bit of drama. Maybe it's that hopeless romantic in me that's always wanted that knight in shining armor to show up and sweep me off my feet. But it can be fun. So first, a love triangle. Let's define it. It is a story of three people, love, and bad decisions. (laughs) Yep. Lots of bad decisions. (laughs) So the most common version, especially in YA, young adult fiction, is two boys love the main character. Main character thinks she loves both of them, but can't choose which one. They're both equally attractive and basically the same, except one's a werewolf and one's a vampire. This is the worst form of a love triangle that you can have. I really don't like it. This goes back to our Mary Sue conversation, where when you have characters that aren't real, the love doesn't feel real. It's an idealized, lusty version. To have two guys both in love with her at the same time seems very fortunate. I mean, even if she is the chosen one, most people, even if they respect the person, will step back from pursuing a relationship and just be friends because the friendship is more important if they're a decent human being and worthy of the main character's affection. They're going to step back and let them have their relationship. For the record, whenever I am reading about a love triangle, I'm always rooting for the first love. The main assumption with a love triangle is that someone has to go. One of these people in this love triangle is going to have their love unrequited in the end, and they're kicked out of the triangle. So I should just kill that character and that solves it, right? Yes. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
whoever the main character is, the person involved needs to make a choice. And this is something that I really need to caution all authors on. When they make that choice, there cannot be a doubt. Otherwise, it will feel unfulfilled. I think one of my favorite kind of love triangles is in Frozen with Anna, where she falls in love with this guy and then she ends up discovering another guy along the way who is there to support her, actually is a fan of her sister's abilities and not in terror of them, and is there with her the entire time. You think, oh, well, she's already devoted to this other guy. Spoiler alert. But the first guy ends up leaving her to die and killing her. It's very obvious how this love triangle gets resolved because one of them, it turns out, is evil and was trying to marry her for the title. Love triangles are not always two boys like girl, girl likes both. I'm going to go to tvtropes.org and they have this useful little chart. Yes, this is the worst kind of geometry right here. So I'm going to just go quickly through some of the examples. They have 13 on here. If you want to look at all 13, just go to the TV Tropes website and look up Triang Relations. So you have A likes B and C, but they don't like A. You can have A like B who likes C who likes A. You can have B and C like A, but A doesn't like either of them. A likes B, but B and C like each other. A likes B, who likes C, but C likes nobody. I go back to the worst kind of geometry. The thing with these different trying relation tropes, it goes to a quote that I found from Jacob Broad. Most of these love triangles are rectangles. Emphasis on the rec, W-R-E-C-K. Yes. They are a disaster waiting to happen in every regard. And that's what happens in love triangles in stories. It is a disaster. A love triangle isn't always a triangle. Sometimes it's a line. Best example of this is Superman. So you've got Superman as two different sides of this triangle in this, where Clark Kent likes Lois Lane, who is more interested in Superman than Clark Kent. And obviously there's a Clark Kent-Superman relationship there because they're the same character. So this one is super easy to resolve in that she finds out a secret. Jazz hands the end. This can be a fun one to play with, but it is also a very boring trope, just like Superman. You end up having your third part of that triangle feel very shallow. Lois Lane is not recognizing Clark Kent for all of his fantastic abilities because he has glasses and therefore he's not a love interest. And the only reason why she becomes interested in Clark Kent is because she finds out that he is Superman. Will Clark Kent live up to this image that she has of Superman? Because obviously she didn't recognize him before. There's no sincere affection for the deep parts that a person is. It's just a, ooh, he's got a great jawline. And that little hair twist. Yes, which is very (laughs) important in the Superman. But it can get worse than just a triangle. There is also a trope called the loved decahedron. Thank you, Shakespeare. Shakespeare was very well known for his loved decahedrons. (laughs) When you have this kind of a love triangle, the loved decahedron, you have a multitude of people, 5, 10, 15, just a bunch of people. It's a mess. 
who all like each other in some way, shape, or form. And you usually need a flowchart to figure it out. Yeah, there are a lot of Shakespearean flowcharts out there. This is a parody. It is usually in a comedy format because there's no other way that a love dodecahedron can make sense other than in comedy. And I think in comedy, you're not asked to follow it. It's just, okay, these two characters are talking to each other and holding hands right now. Okay, once the scene is over, I don't need to remember that particular bit of information. (laughs) But it can be funnier if you do. Yes. (laughs) So a couple examples of this from Shakespeare. Twelfth Night, which is modernly represented in the early 2000s film She's the Man. You also have Taming of the Shrew, also represented in film as Ten Things I Hate About You, and A Midsummer Night's Dream. If there's just a mess of romance in your story, I'm not going to finish it. I'm sorry. I don't want my characters to be defined by their relationship status. And that goes to what we talked a little bit about earlier. Even in the romance and YA genres, the love triangles, the love dodecahedrons probably shouldn't be your main plot. They need to have something else that they need to overcome. Another main plot or problem or something along the way that has almost nothing to do with their relationships. You want them to correlate so that there's a reason why they're in the story, but to make it feel more realistic, it needs to be about more than just love. If you see that you've set up a love triangle in your story, what's a great way to resolve it? It needs to be obvious who the right choice is. The character who is choosing, or in a dodecahedron situation, the characters who are choosing need to make a definite choice that the readers can see and agree with. If you've written it well, your audience is invested. They have an opinion about who they should go with. Christine Daae should either go with the Phantom or Raul. One's a murderous psychopath who happens to like music, and one actually cares for her and will give his life to protect her. It's an obvious choice. People don't always agree with me, but she made the right choice. You're always going to have the fans that don't quite agree, but the problem comes when you have a fandom like the Twilight fandom, where they are very, very divided on who the main character should have ended up with because the love triangle was not resolved well. So to kind of sum up, maybe not make it obvious from the beginning, but leave hints at the beginning who the people are going to end up with in the end, because that will give your readers full satisfaction more than just constant questioning through the whole middle. As with all tropes, use cautiously, use carefully. I would much rather read a book where there is no romance involved. Because then your characters have to stand on their own. They aren't defined by somebody else. This coming from the action author who would rather kill somebody than sleep with them any day. If your characters are defined solely by the love interest, you don't have a story. It's shallow, it's not interesting, and it's very cliche. Add depth to your character. Don't add more powers, don't add more love interests. Add a deeper reason for that character. And most importantly, write selfishly. 
If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. <laughs>